Hello, and welcome to Autism Society of Berks County, Inspiration and Impact. I'm your host, Carol Spencer. So the holidays are here. We've got lights, activities, shopping, decorations, and for many of our autism families, some additional stress. And while we're very grateful for wonderful and loving families who want us to take part in so many traditions, sometimes it's just not that easy for our kids with autism. And today I wanted to share what some of us may be going through during the holiday season and why we need some extra understanding, patience, and flexibility because autism does not take a holiday. And to help me do that, I want to welcome two seasoned moms, each with a child on the spectrum. Today we have Megan Landis and Melissa Com. So thank you for being here, ladies. Thank, thank you. you. All right. So well, to get started, can you just tell me just a little bit about your child, Megan? Um, my son, Gabe, is 13 years old. Um, he's autistic. Uh, he's basically nonverbal, though he can speak some words. Uh, he's lower functioning on, on the spectrum and uh, has an intellectual disability, um, but he is a gentle giant and a uh, load of fun. We love him. All right, and, and you know, I'm going to copy that from my kid, only just a couple years older yes. than yours, pretty much. And then Melissa. Wow, well, I'm going to copy the same thing, <laughs> and I'm going to say mine is a couple years younger. Oh. My son will be nine in February, and the same sort of thing, although he does have vocals, it is mostly echoics at this point in time, and he is a gentle giant. Nope, he's tiny. <laughs> but he is also rammy and very, very active. <laughs> yeah, same with mine as mm. well. All right, well, before we just throw out some of the, the stressors that you may hear, could you talk a little bit about what has been a stressor for you during the holidays or maybe what had been in the past that really sticks out for you? Uh, go ahead, Megan. Um, I can say something that's been stressful, maybe more so in the past when Gabe was a little bit younger than it was now, um, is really just family pressure for gatherings. Um, you know, our family had standard traditions of where we would go on Christmas Eve, on Christmas Day, on Thanksgiving, and um, certain places just don't always fit for Gabe. So there's always a lot of guilt that goes along with well, we can't quite make it there because it's just not the right fit for him. Or if we do try to make it there, my husband and I spend our entire time chasing him around and just not enjoying the day ourselves. So right. the holiday is not a holiday for us. It's it's double the work, basically. Right. Um, and that was definitely, those are definitely stressful situations. Right. And then, Melissa, I saw yeah. you nodding your head. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I could totally relate to all of those things. Um, I find also that having siblings, um, it becomes stressful as well because you can't do the typical things that they would like to do. So going to the different gatherings that they'd like to do, even the seating with Santa and that kind of a thing, um, we tend to just be holding Brantley instead of actually hanging out with our other children and that sort of thing. And then concerts are always a fun event for us when we have to take them to the concerts that are constant oh, during yeah. the season. Oh, yeah, the holiday, the school concerts. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> bring lots Fun. of snacks and fidgets, right? Yes. Now, I, and I think with the family pressure, you know, that was the number one thing that came to my mind because we want to do it. It's just, it's so much prep work, like you said, Megan, and, and for kids even to do one activity and it still may not make work out or may not Sorry. work out. So it's a thing to keep in mind. Um, do This one had come up online recently. Do any of you have stressors when it comes to gift ideas or maybe not responding to gifts or interactions in a typical fashion. I know this was a tough one for me for a while. 
Go ahead. Go ahead, Melissa. Um, absolutely. He's in that age where you want to get gifts, where it's fun. My older two are not at the fun age. They want electronics, which is not nearly as exciting. But right. he is at the age where people want to buy him toys or buy him things. And we've found that each year he inevitably ignores exactly what we get him. Right. Now, we leave it in his environment. It's oftentimes what we do until he becomes used to it. And then he'll go over and explore it on his own. But the actual opening of presents or giving them and, and feeling that someone else sees that he's receptive to what they thought out is really difficult for us. Yeah. Yeah, I can relate. Can you relate to that one as well? I I definitely agree with that, um, that you feel, again, almost guilty when your child opens up a present and they don't have a reaction to it from your family members. And and then you feel bad because they invested and, you know, they took the time to pick something out. Um, I I know for for Gabe, especially when he was younger, it was really, really hard as a parent. Um, I wanted him to love Christmas and I wanted him to wake up and be excited for presents. And I remember one year in, uh, uh, when he was around five, I think, um, he had a pile of presents and we brought him out in the morning and he looked at the pile of presents and he did nothing. And I was dead set on, he will open these presents. And they sat in our living room for almost three weeks untouched. And, you know, me, my, my daughter had gone through all her presents, but he just never got into tearing open the presents. And we, at that point, we realized, okay, this is just not his thing, you know. And it, it, as a mom, that's it's hard to deal with, and it, it was a little bit sad, but you just have to come to that realization. And yeah, I, yeah I, go ahead. I'm real quick going to add. I think it's also a reminder of how um, intellectually delayed they may be, because when you're looking for a nine-year-old and you're looking at eighteen-plus month yeah. type of toys, it's one more reminder that we're still in that stage, and so that sometimes can be disheartening. Where you think, "Oh, we haven't moved on yet. We're still here." Yeah, and it, and I know it took me a long time to realize, like, okay, he's eighteen, still likes Elmo, still likes Dr. Seuss books, and mm-hmm. you know, it's that was more about me than it is about yes. him. I still have yes. a tough time with it, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I can totally relate to that. I remember Christmas mornings just holding my breath, like, what kind of kid are we going to get you know would he have a mini meltdown and finally I just had to learn we have to go with his routine and exactly. if he opens it he'll play with it later and you know I, I think it's there you know it, it's there it's just they're not going to show it in a, in a typical way you know um what about uh, this is I know this is true for my son do you do your kids get a little bit more amped up over the holidays just because of all the changes that happen do you see that with your kids I, I wouldn't personally call it amped up, but I definitely see a change in Gabe in, in the change in schedule. The the school is off, you know, the, yes. the mm-hmm. days off from school yep. and just the standard normal everyday routine is off. So then he becomes off and then that's heightened, of course, by visits to family or, right. or those types mm-hmm. of things, big meals, that, that type of thing. Yeah. I, I know with, with Pete, like he loves Christmas and the songs and Santa and all that, but I think all the changes with decorations, it just... It throws them off and I we see it more at school so it got to the point where his teacher actually waited to put up decorations didn't put up as many we had to up the rewards decrease the demand because it was the holiday season so even though he loved it it's still a big change in that visual environment that's you know? interesting and I don't yeah. see it so much at school I do see it more at home where we have the idea of you know everyone's on on edge everyone's excited there's different things and I think being off of a school routine we see less his sleeping patterns change and all of a sudden he's up earlier and he's not sleeping as well and um, that type of thing and so we have a little bit of a crankier child during yeah. that time okay. as well all mm-hmm. right crankier yes hyped up <laughs> all of it or just off in general um I think we had touched on this a little bit but cha- can you talk a little bit more about challenges leaving the home or being around large groups of people and why that can be 
a big stressor, whether it's a family in the home or out, you know, visiting Santa or or whatever it may be. Yeah. I think it's absolutely a stressor in the sense that we pack like you would pack if you had a newborn baby. Yeah. We are bringing everything from our home, not knowing what will be the be all end all that will help us to have a good time or at least help us to maintain that everyone else is having a good time. And so I think the biggest stressor is, and exactly what Megan said is, it's not a holiday for us. We're constantly on. We're constantly holding him to make sure he's not in somebody else's kitchen cabinet or to make sure he's not opening the refrigerator and those type of things. So I think that that is a stressor, but we make sure we have everything possible, the snacks that he loves. I mean, everything is his absolute favorite. We even start to remove things that are favorites probably about a week or two before to hold them in mm-hmm. case we are going someplace that that can be what we bring out. But we absolutely, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't become an enjoyable evening out for us. It just becomes us watching. Right. And I think that kind of lends itself to making it feel isolating. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to do what everybody else is doing, but you just, you just can't, you know. And and I think that kind of leads into uh, another stressor is just not being able to participate in those uh-huh. traditional activities, yeah. you know. Megan. Well, I was just going to say for, for Thanksgiving, for many, many, many years, um, we did Thanksgiving at a family member's house, and neither my husband nor myself sat for Thanksgiving for probably the first decade of Gabe's life. Just mm-hmm. He refused to sit, and then we would just follow him around that family member's home you know, everywhere so he wouldn't be destructive mm-hmm. or get into something. And finally, a couple of years ago, we just said, we are having Thanksgiving at our home. Mm-hmm. Anyone is welcome to join us at our home, but that's the way we're going to do it. And it was like a light. You know, it was like, oh, my goodness, we sat down because it was his home and he's comfortable there and he's fine to wander around and we know, you know, he's right. safe and he's comfortable. And for the first time, you know, in over a decade, we sat and had Thanksgiving and we just had to adjust the tradition and make it work for us. And right. family members that weren't comfortable with it, we we just sort of had to say, I'm sorry you feel that way, but this is how it is for us. Yeah, we did the same thing for Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve, we would go to a family member's house, and while everybody was just really kind about everything, it was a tiny house. It was small. There was nothing to do, and so we just said, sorry, we're going to do our own Christmas Eve thing, and it's mm-hmm. just the four of us, and it's just a really, it's become a very nice tradition. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we've covered a lot of things here already, but before we wrap up, what would you want the family members and friends of those who have children with autism to know when it comes to the holidays? Things for them to keep in mind. What do you think? Um, I I would just have them keep in mind that um, it is your child. They yeah. are your child. And really, in the end, you just want to make sure that as a family, you are finding ways that you can enjoy each other mm-hmm. and making sure everyone else is along for the ride and they're welcome to come on that ride with you. Right. But if they aren't able to do it, it's not that you're disowning. It's just that you need to find what's the best space for you. And it's okay to find that best space for you. Yeah. Yeah. And I would just, I would agree with that, but also just say, just please be willing to bend and and bend without guilt. And sometimes that guilt is even unintentional that you mm-hmm. place on the family of the child with autism. But um just let them lead and, and, and follow their way. Yeah, because I think we're dealing with a lot and 
just if you can just listen to what we need to do like we're we're just doing the best that we can <laughs> you know Absolutely. well well thank you ladies thank for thank sharing you. these insights and hopefully it's helpful for friends and families of those with autism and also for our uh, autism families so they know that you're you're not alone in this we're we're all <laughs> in this together so now megan melissa and i are aren't going to leave you hanging on our next podcast we'll be sharing some holiday survival tips from a parent's perspective as seasoned parents of the holiday season so thank you for listening and until next time this is autism society of brooks county inspiration and impact for more information visit us at autism society of join our facebook page autism society of brooks county members group and check us out on twitter at brooks autism